0: I'm ready. Is anyone else ready? I just did some jumping jacks.
1: I'm sweaty. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about...
2: Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice.
0: I'm here so I won't get fined.
2: I'm here so I won't get fined. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) I
0: believe this is getting a bit silly. Welcome back, everybody, to Slam Drunk, episode two. I am your host, Michael H., the H stands for homonym, Wessner. I am joined by the one and only, the illustrious Andrew Hernandez IV.
1: What's up, guys? I am also your host, um, also host number one, Don't Listen to Mike. We're really excited to be here for number number two of Slam Drunk. Um, we got really good feedback from the first episode. Um, we've heard from a lot of different people. Um, we've actually... Gotten really excited about bringing other people on. Uh, Thank you, Tyler Salami Egland, for creating our photo art that got shared all over Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything. Thank you, guys. You're the best. We're really excited about all the positive reception that we've gotten from our first episode. Mike, I mean, talking about positive feedback, let's hear what our fans are saying to us directly.
0: Yeah, we were kind of shocked, surprised uh, in a good way that we got some fan mail this week. So. If you ever want to let us know uh, what you think, we do have an email address, slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. This one is from uh, Niles B. in Pisswater, Alabama. I I didn't know that was a place. It says, Mike, your voice had me in a deeper sweat than the Bills 92 AFC wildcard game. Never stop talking. (laughs) Well, thank you, Niles. Never stop being Niles B. from Pisswater, Alabama. Appreciate that, buddy. Drew, you want to hit me with one of yours?
1: This was my first fan letter that came in. Um, and this is actually from Chad Ocho Cuatro. And he said, Drew, you know that scene in Kicking and Screaming when Will Ferrell brings the espresso machine to the game. And then he drinks a lot of espresso. And then he has a really embarrassing fit on the field. And I think he also pushes a kid. Now that was funny. Do that on the next episode. Um, Chad Ocho Cuatro, very respectfully, thank you.
0: Yeah, if I could just tell uh, Chad uh, Ocho Cuatro Cinco, if if anyone needs to hit a child, I am always available. You know where to reach me at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. My next one says, Mike, you sneaky little minx. What has your voice done to me? I've heard you, but for one episode, and already I cannot bear to be without that soothing way washing over my sandy volleyball courts. Spike me, Mike. Spike me down hard. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, I love my fans. I appreciate it. Maybe, uh, a little less espresso next time, but thank you.
1: That's excellent, Mike. That's really great to hear. Um, my, my second fan letter, uh, reads great podcast drew, but do you think the world is ready to have two white dudes host a sports show? Um, this is an excellent question and actually one that we haven't gotten yet. We we've never heard of any sports show with just two white guys. Um, So we're really excited to really bring something new to the mix here. People with facial hair rarely talk about sports. So um, both of us with the beards, Mike more with a mustache than I. We're really excited to bring our facial hair and our white maleness to this podcast and to sports podcasting and comedy broadcasting in general. This is something we've never seen before.
0: Couldn't agree more, Drew. Opening my next email, I have fuck me, Mike. Uh, with with no with no signature so
1: yeah um this is my last one as well obviously sent with a lot of enthusiasm it reads directly fuck you drew thank you guys for that i really appreciate it
0: and i actually have one more it's addressed to august uh it says let's not forget that producer august was it yeah let's not forget him too i don't want to leave him out of the fun I've never heard his voice or seen his face. And though I have no tangible evidence that he is alive or even involved in this podcast in the slightest, the thought of him has me making my own comedically timed sound effects. All right, now it's time to crack open our fourth beer. As you may remember from our last pod, we have a couple of beers beforehand. We were doing some tall boys last week. So we only had two this week. We're stepping up a notch. We have regular boys. So we've had three before we started recording.
1: I'm really excited for this beer. Everyone knows Guinness. Nice dark beer. Everyone loves Ireland. King of beer over there. Yeah, I'm excited for this one.
0: Good god that sounded sexy.
1: Really comes with a nice first sip. It's like milk mixed
0: with uh seltzer but in a way that you know is tasty.
1: Yeah that sounds really gross there Mike. Two things I do not want in my beer is milk and seltzer. I actually Don't really like either of those things. That's not doing it for me, but the Guinness is.
0: Mike, what's our next segment? Our next segment is one of our favorites from last week. Let's get shitty.
2: Well, Peter, we all know what this game is called in America, because me and you have played it before, and I'm embarrassed to say I have, but it's called Jizzy Stairs. And as you can tell, you try and get to the top of the staircase that is filled with jizz. And uh, meanwhile, if you slip, you're going to
0: take out the rest of the people. So if you remember from last week, we are going to spin a wheel. And whatever team that wheel lands on, we are going to absolutely annihilate with verbal abuse. Drew, you want to spin that wheel for us?
1: Yeah, uh, I am definitely ready to get shitty this week. Let's spin the wheel. And this week, Mike, we will be shitting on the Pacific Northwest Seattle Seahawks. What do you think?
0: Uh Uh-oh. Oh, uh, no, not the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Ugh. Yeah, um, I'm actually really excited for this one. The, the Seahawks have, have a lot of different things that we can shit on them for. Um, so let's just start rolling them off. First of all, Seahawks, you have a great quarterback. He's probably top three in the league, Russell Wilson. Um, Where's number three as well. However, the guy, while he's a, a leader, he's a very cringy leader. I don't know if you've watched any videos of this guy, either when he's mic'd up on the field or when he's doing his own stuff at his house. Um, signing contracts, talking about his girlfriend, anything. The guy, the guy sounds like a youth pastor and not in a good way. Russell Wilson's pretty
0: cringy. I know that he's one of the best, but every time I look at that man, I just think you look like a nerd, like one of those stupid sexy nerds, like one of the nerds that like eventually grew out to not be a nerd, but they'll always be like a little bit nerdy, uh, and you just want to tell them that. Even more cringy to me is the, the fan group for the Seattle Seahawks, the 12th man. Uh, they have flags all around the stadium that say 12. I think that's the worst nickname for a fan section in all of sports. You know, it's not even creative. It literally just means, like, the extra man because uh, there's 11 men playing per side, and it just it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Um, I, I understand logically what it means, but come on. There's, that's not specific to the Seahawks. There's cheeseheads. That makes sense. Bill's Mafia. It has bills in the name. The Boo Birds for the Eagles because the Eagles fans boo a lot, or the Fandemic crew for Billies fans who are hanging outside the stadium right now, screaming at every team. It just It's not creative. It's not specific to Seattle. And it's a really stupid thing to put that much credit into if you're a fan of the team.
1: I agree. Um, Seattle fans are very enthusiastic. There's a reason to acknowledge them. However, it's just because they're loud. And that's great and everything. But do you know what's even louder than the 12th man in Seattle is Pete Carroll chewing gum on the sidelines. The guy is just chomping, chomping, chomping on gum. Look up any picture of him, any video of him. His jaws are either really strong or totally deteriorated. Pete Carroll, I I recommend that you go to a doctor relatively soon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, he definitely needs some sort of medical attention for that jaw. Um, And I'm glad you you brought up the decibel levels. I know that one of the fun facts Seahawks fans like to talk about is that they're the loudest team in the league. But I I did some research behind this because I'm a good podcast co-host. And it turns out the reason it allowed us is because of the stadium. The architect who built that fucking stadium admitted that it is a tiny piece of shit stadium. Well, he didn't say it's a piece of shit cause you know, he built it, but I'm gonna say it's a piece of shit. Apparently it was too compact. Uh, the land was very small so they had to make it tiny because you're in Seattle and it rains all the time and you're depressed because of it and you listen to a lot of Nirvana. They had to put a roof over there. The roof is made of metal, sound amplifies, everything bounces off of each other it's not because of the fans. It's because of your shitty fucking infrastructure. Uh, and I hope you continue to scream your heads off because it just makes no goddamn sense that you want to get in this world record for that because it's all the stadium, not the 12th man. Maybe you should call the stadium, the 12th man or 13th man or whatever.
1: Yeah, Mike, I mean, you, you bring up a good point, uh, in talking about the facilities that the Seahawks use and I'll, I'll keep going on that uh, trend here. That topic that we have, um, just this week, a Seahawks defensive back tries to sneak a woman into the facility. This is clearly against all protocols, uh, COVID-related. We talked about this last week. The Marlins fucked it up for everyone. Um, defensive back Kema Silverand, uh, fuck you for putting football at stake. We're really trying to watch football here, and you're you're ruining it because because what? You're trying to sneak someone in the facility. Fuck you. That's really shitty, Seahawks. Get a grip. Thank you for cutting him, but come on. No other team has had this issue. Let, let's, ugh. Mike, can you please break down the Seahawks uniforms for us and give us some color commentary for this week's Let's Get Shitty segment?
0: I actually think that the Seahawks have some of the best branding in pro sports in the U.S. I really like it. I like their logo, but I'm not going to talk about that because this isn't, you know, sucking the Seahawks dick. This is shitting on the Seahawks, okay? Your color, green, is absolutely repulsive. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and you call it action green. The only action I want to take to your green uniforms is stripping them off Russell Wilson's body and lighting them out on fire outside of your shitty, compact, echoey stadium. That is a terrible color. Your green, all green uniforms, they look like some green algae infected some person and turned it glowing, radioactive Superman bullshit and walked onto the field and killed half your 12th men because they were still so fucking vile. And I absolutely hate that. Please stick with the blue, even though, honestly, I hate the name College Navy as well. You should just change that name. It's just Navy. There's no reason to get all collegiate about it. But I'll even accept that if you just throw the green uniforms in the dumpster. I hate them.
1: I agree on the green uniforms. I'm actually surprised that they don't have a shittier name for that. I would expect it to be like Neon Pistachio or something really fucking stupid from them. But... Great commentary on the color, Mike. There's no reason to elaborate on Navy. Navy is Navy. As soon as you say the word Navy, I'm thinking Navy blue. College Navy, now you've confused me. I'm already – I'm on my fourth beer. Uh, College Navy is really going to throw me for a loop. I'm not going to be able to watch football for the next couple minutes. Uh, I'm distracted, and I'm upset.
2: Asmr, if you don't know, is a very soothing communication technique. You should feel like you're getting massage right now from old Drew and Mike here in the studio. So today, we're going to be talking about sports conspiracies and realities that you might not want to hear about sports, but you're going to hear, so we're letting them down gently on you right here, okay? So here's our first ASMR conspiracy. The first ever NBA draft lottery was done so that the New York Knicks could purposefully draft Patrick Ewing. The New England Patriots only won the Super Bowl in spring of 2002 because the United States had to deal with 9-11 the year before and everyone in the United States had to have something to rebound on. The Major League Baseball organization in his Chinese lab using eugenic science. Well, Chamberlain may only have scored a record 100 points in a single game because he played against part-time milkmen and Caucasian farmers. Thank you everyone for joining us on this week's ASMR Sports Conspiracy Theories segment. <laughs> Just finished my 4th Guinness
1: Last week we met Pittsburgh Steelers mascot Steely McBeam a totally unlovable alcoholic man's man very toxic masculinity just reaping through this guy this week, we are doubling down on our Meet a Mascot segment where we're doing Meet a Mascot Battle Royale Edition. We'll be introducing you guys to two mascots, and we will be talking about, in a fight to the death, who would prevail. Mike, who's our first mascot?
0: Today's first mascot entering the ring is Dandy. Dandy is the New York Yankees' only mascot and he was only around between the 1979 and 1981 seasons. This mascot is named after the song Yankee Doodle Dandy, famous for his mistreatment of macaroni. And Dandy, the mascot, had no formal introduction. In fact, it was so informal that baseball legend Reggie Jackson burst out into laughter upon seeing him for the first time.
1: In 1998, the New York Times ran a story on baseball mascots, and they were actually unable to find any Yankee representatives that were willing to acknowledge Dandy ever existed. How, how fucking embarrassing. Yankees owner George Steinbrenner insisted he had no recollection whatsoever of Dandy.
0: Dandy's fur coat is also conveniently grown so that it's in classic Yankees blue pinstripes, although the NY logo on his left chest area has somehow blended in with the white to make it a strange X amalgamation. He also has a strange belt that seems to have been sewn straight into his skin as it doesn't fit in with the rest of his bowling pin body. And another fun fact about Dandy is he was designed with the same orange hair as Andrew Hernandez before.
1: Clarifying remark about Dandy, Dandy exclusively has a really big handlebar mustache that is bright red. Uh, My beard is a much more calm and collected red uh, than Dandy here, um, who quite frankly, looks like a fucking crackhead. In corner number two, we have Stuff the Magic Dragon a dragon mascot for the Orlando Magic, who is a clear play on Puff the Magic Dragon, uh, but they changed his name to Stuff because Puff was clearly an allusion to drug use. And, you know, we just can't have that. Stuff the Magic Dragon coming in at 7'10 and 469 pounds. This guy is massive. Absolutely 100% reptilian. Um, Probably worked in the CIA at one point, just based off of his looks. The guy has antennas coming out of his head with stars on them. He's got some shit coming out of his nose. I couldn't really tell you what that is. And he's got pink floppy ears, almost like something you see. Like they look like fish fins, but for ears. Really kind of fucked up looking, to be honest. Also, you know, this this dragon is green and covered in fur. And he has huge caterpillar, bright blue eyebrows. Really I, I, would, I don't think I'd go as far to say menacing, but this is a fucked up looking dragon. I wouldn't want to fight him, that's for sure. Stuff the Magic Dragon has been around since the Magic franchise debuted in the 1989 to 1990 NBA season and was created by the same company who created Dandy, the Philly Fanatic, and so many more creepy fucking mascots. He was introduced coming out of a giant egg, as dragons do, and was the Orlando Magic's number one pick in the supplemental dragon draft directly out of clown college stuff is also the host of the annual celebrity mascot games which is like the olympics for mascots they have dance battles races but what they don't have is a battle to the death let's get into it and see who will be coming out alive probably crawling out alive out of this cage match mike what do you think
0: agreed agreed I think one of the the little talked about components of this one-on-one match is that they come from the same creator all right Bonnie Erickson and company who created them along with the much more successful 1978 people magazine's sexiest mascot alive the one and only Philly fanatic I think this is a classic brother versus brother, two different eras. One obviously represents the post-Vietnam War era. That's dandy. He looks like he somehow climbed out of some war wreckage. Uh, he's, he's a bit fucked up. His mustache is tangled up. He's got a bandana uh, hanging out of his pocket. Maybe there's some sort of gang allegiance there. And it seems like he has a mitt sewn to his hand. So he's seen some shit. Buff is a little more cartoony. Dandy looks more like uh, the kind of person you wouldn't want to see in an alley after you leave a bar at 3 a.m. in the morning in the middle of New York. So if I had to choose one, I would definitely go with the nine-foot-tall center from from Bronx, Dandy.
1: Yeah, Mike, I think you present a really solid point there. Dandy is from New York and probably central New York. I'll tell you, people that I don't fuck with are New Yorkers. People I'm more than willing to fuck with are people from Orlando. Orlando and your entire thing is, is magic. Magic is, is magic even real. I don't know, but you know what I don't know is real at least right now are dragons. And there's a reason for that because dragons are fucking scary. So although the hometown edge definitely goes to Mr. Dandy here at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to take the dragon in a cage match. It's a fucking dragon.
0: I originally thought that maybe uh, this stuff was a bit of a pussy because he didn't want to align himself with drug use. Uh, he seems like Dare as a mascot with that uh, yellow shit coming out of his nose. But upon further review, I may have to come clamber on over to your corner with Mike Guinness for that, for that stunning analysis. Now that's B-roll. We are moving on to our sign our petition segment. Last week we focused on why there needs to be more dinosaur names in all of professional sports in the US. Each week, we are going to start a petition because we believe in change and we believe that our viewers all a hundred plus of them have the power to get a rallying cry towards a specific position like dinosaurs in sports and make positive change in the world unlike Dandy and Stuff, who just beat each other to an amalgamous pulp in the alley behind a barbershop in the Bronx. So, Drew, why don't you introduce this week's petition for us?
1: Why don't I, uh, Michael Wessner? This week's petition I'm very excited about. I think you guys will be excited about it too. What we are proposing is that the National Football League, the NFL, force players – this is not an option. You have to do it – upon your retirement from the league – you have to, once again, perform in the NFL Combine. Now, we're proposing that this will be the NFL Geriatric Combine because we are talking about retired players here. It's not fair for them to go out with all these, you know, young kids, 20, 21, 22 years old. That's not fair. When Tom Brady retires, he, he might be fucking 50 years old, okay? that's That's pretty ridiculous. So let's give him a chance to at least look kind of good, okay? So here's what we're proposing. The NFL Combine is an event before the NFL draft where – Players have to show their physical skills. They run routes, they catch balls, all that kind of stuff, but they also have a lot more measurable items that they have to do. We're talking about things like bench press, where players have to bench at least 225 pounds. Um, You can go as many times as you want to. Some guys are in the teens, around like 15 repetitions. Some guys go all the way up into the 40s. It's pretty ridiculous. What we want to see are things like 40-yard dash, three-cone shuttle, broad jump, high jump, everything. We want the measurables for these players as they are coming out of the NFL. Tell me that it would not be hilarious and informational to see Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, all of these dinosaurs when they retire out of the league, run the 40-yard dash. I love Phillip Rivers. How fast is he going to run the 40-yard dash? Not faster than me. I'm not in very good shape right now. I guarantee you I can run faster 40 yards than Phillip Rivers can. Mike, what do you think about our NFL geriatric combine?
0: Drew, I love the idea. All that on the table, not worry about injuries because they're retiring. I think it would be absolutely hilarious if there was some sort of contract incentive into them doing really well at the end of their careers during this geriatric combine. Because what's funnier than watching Phillip Rivers run a certain dash or try to bench press something – watching Philip Rivers run like he really needs to because the NFL is going to give him a whole million dollar check for winning it because he's old and he needs it. Right. Because these guys, you know, you don't know how much money they're going to make for the rest of their career. You know, they might go into broadcasting. They might not. How many players have we seen go bankrupt when they just don't know what to do after they retire? I think it would be a really great way to help these guys uh, with their 401 case and make sure that they have the assurance of well-being after they retire so that they can support their families starting at the ripe age of 40.
1: I agree. When, when players are coming out of the league, a lot of them are just starting the rest of their lives, where normally we are in the total middle of a slump. Um, will I be working at Walmart at 40? More likely than Tom Brady. That's for fucking sure. So, Mike, I have one question for you as, as we as we come to the close of this segment. If you could add a single event to the 2020 NFL Geriatric Combine, what event would you add?
0: I'm really glad you asked me that question, Drew, because I would love to see players have to take an Algebra 1 course before and after their careers just to see where their head's at. And honestly, it doesn't have to be Algebra 1, just some sort of mental health assessment. I want to see a real reward for these guys. I think it would be funny if there was some sort of class in finance so that they didn't blow all their money as soon as they exit the league. Uh, And I would love to see exactly where they are mentally before and after their careers.
1: Great point, Mike. Fans, don't forget to sign our petition. We're very excited about this one once again. We think that the NFL Geriatric Combine could be a huge hit, and we want our names all over it. Please sign our petition. The link will be in the description.
0: Can I just make one more question? Oh, yeah, for sure. Going forward, if all sports are going to adopt this measure, the Geriatric Combine, what is one sport? or professional competition that you would like to see a geriatric draft in other than the NFL?
1: Mike, that that is a stellar question. Um, I I couldn't be more excited about you asking this because I I have a clear-cut answer that popped in my head as soon as you started talking with your silly little mouth. The best sport that we could have do this is definitely golf. I want to see what physically these guys are doing versus just practicing because as it stands right now, I see no physical merits to golf. Sure, you're out in the sun, maybe you're sweating, drop a few pounds. But these guys aren't running. They kind of need strength, I guess, maybe. It seems all like technique to me. So I, I, I would love to, to measure my stats up against some pro golfers. How fast? Can, I don't know how, how old Tiger Woods is. Let's say he's 75 right now. 75-year-old Tiger Woods, I can probably run faster than you. I could probably lift more than you too. Tiger Woods, when you're 75 years old, I challenge you to a geriatric combine.
0: I wanted to take it a different direction. I think jockeys would be absolutely fantastic to watch at their old age. The oldest jockey to have ever won at Suffolk Downs in Massachusetts is Frank Amante, who did so at 72. If we're going to assume that you win in the prime or twilight of your career, it would be hilarious to watch him after 72 try to do anything athletic. Sounds great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop telling us we talk about the Phillies too much. Well, Peter, we obviously enjoy when this stuff happens. We don't have to deal with it. We get dogs, cats, squirrels, but I'd say this is a first for us, Peter. A goose on the field, and I'll tell you why. I feel bad for the security guards that have to chase this thing around because it's just not happening. They probably go home to their wives and their wives ask, how was your day at work? He's like, I chased a fucking goose around. How do you think
1: it was? (laughs) All right, Mike, next up we have our new segment This date in sports, Jeopardy edition. Uh, Football, 200. We're going to trade blows. We're coming at each other question by question. You tell one, I tell one. We're really excited about this one. What you're going to do is give me a date and a topic, and I'm going to guess it and vice versa. Mike, go ahead and hit me with your first question.
0: Absolutely, Drew. Okay, on this day in history, October twenty third, 1910, a Philly team that isn't a Philly team now One something. Name the former Philly team and the thing that they won.
1: Mike, this this is an excellent question. I'm actually quite confident in this one. I think this is the Philadelphia Friars that took home the Shuffleboard Championship on October twenty third, 1910. That's my final answer.
0: Excellent guess, Drew, but unfortunately that was the Philadelphia Quakers in 1911. We're talking about the Philadelphia Athletics who won the World Series in
1: 1910. Amazing. Yeah, I was trying to buy time. That's a tough question. (laughs) 1910? I don't know history (laughs) from the fucking 1990s, you son of a bitch. Mike, my first question for you is, on August 20th, 1920, what happened in Canton, Ohio?
0: Drew, there's a couple possible answers that popped into my mind, but I am going to have to assume that the NFL was founded under a full moon on that date in Canton, Ohio.
1: You son of a bitch. That is actually the correct answer. I don't know anything about full moons. For all of our astrologists out there, please please reach out to us and let us know um, if you know what moon was there in August 20th, 1920. But Mike, excellent job. It was the exact day that the NFL was founded. Excellent job. Hit me back.
0: Thanks, dude. I'm fucking clairvoyant. All right, Drew, we're moving forward a decade. October 8th. 1930 this is when a philly team that isn't a philly team now won something name the former philly team and the thing that they won
1: just to clarify this is this is different than the one we just did right this is another philly team that does not exist anymore drew
0: just to clarify do you think i'm a fucking bozo yes it's a different question
1: Okay, well, let me let me first jog my memory. Uh, first, okay, I remember you said it was the Philadelphia Athletics. So I'll, I'll, that's the only thing I remember about what you said last time. So I'm going with Philadelphia Athletics, uh, did it again this year, uh, the, won the World Series in whatever day you told me.
0: Drew, you are a goddamn genius. Yes, they did. 20 years apart, they won the World Series.
1: Amazing. All right, Mike, here is your <laughs> – all right, Mike, here is your next question. <laughs> All right, hit me. <laughs> what happened on September 11th, 1940? Here's your hint. Think really hard. What was happening in the world of sports in the year 1940?
0: Wow, Drew, September <laughs> September 11th. Okay, uh, but in 1940, uh, what was happening in 1940? Well... Uh, not much because of the Second World War, I am going to have to guess that the Philadelphia Athletics won the World Series.
1: Great guess, Mike. Um, we've talked about Philly far too much, though. This is actually the date that uh, German bombs landed on Buckingham Palace.
0: I, I'll be honest. I should have seen that coming. I should have seen that coming. Why, why would the question have anything to do with sports in, in the slightest? That makes zero sense. It's only a sports podcast. Okay, Drew. Not in World War II, and something to hopefully do with sports. On December 24th, 1950, this notoriously bad team wins its first championship.
1: I'm going to have to lock in here with the Chicago Cubs win their first championship. Actually, no, that's not right. Fuck. Go ahead and tell me anyways. I won't be a sore loser.
0: It's okay, Drew. This was hard. It was actually the Manhattan Oppenheimer's. Who won their first championship by bombing Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Just fucking kidding! It was the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I wanted oh, a World War II answer too.
1: I'm sorry. Here's your third question for me, Mike. On September 5th, 1960, this 18-year-old man defeats Zbigniew Petrzikowskian on on way to earning his first Olympic gold medal.
0: I am going to need you to repeat at least the names. That were involved in that question, if not the whole
2: question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you, you get one name repeat here. Okay, this eighteen-year-old defeats the big new Peter Zakowski on way on his way to earning his first Olympic gold medal.
0: Ah uh, yes, Peter Kukowski, my favorite Polish poet. I am going to have to go with Bill Russell, Boston Celtics.
1: That was an excellent answer. This had nothing to do with the Boston Celtics. Actually, this was Cassius Clay, or more often known as Muhammad Ali, earned his first gold medal against, once again, Zbigniew Pietrzkowski.
0: That's what I said. Zbigniew Pietrzkowski. (laughs) Pietrzkowski. In 1970... (laughs) uh, (laughs) In 1970, this... Philadelphia athlete won the World Heavyweight Championship of Boxing.
1: This is definitely Sylvester Stallone.
0: Close, but no Stigar. It was smoking Joe Frazier. Should have gone with the
1: smoker. Mike, on September 12, 1980, an athlete who eventually weighed over 310 pounds was born. Who was it? Shaquille O'Neal. That is an excellent answer. It's actually Shaquille O'Neal's arch nemesis, Yao Ming, who was created in a communist Chinese lab.
0: Right. I remember that because of the earlier segment, because I pay attention. In 1990, this athlete who broke his dick three times won his first NBA Defensive Player of the Year award.
1: This has to be Larry Bird. I am
0: afraid that it is the one and only Dennis Rodman.
1: Good question, Mike. I should have known that one. Okay. Uh, In June of the year 2000, think OJ, but not the juice, and also not OJ Simpson.
0: Wait, so you just want me to think about it?
1: I gave you two hints on that one, Mike. You're going to have to take it or leave it. I'm going to
0: have to go with Orenthal Dredenbacher.
1: June 2000 marked the end of Ray Lewis's murder trial. Nice try, Mike.
0: Damn, my favorite sports fact. How did I not get that one? In January 16th, 2010, on January 16th, 2010, this athlete who used to be on top of his game checked into a sexual addiction treatment facility in Mississippi.
1: This is a great question. I'm going to have to go Ryan Leaf.
0: While a Leaf would have been part of this grouping, it was actually Tiger Woods. Get that? Because a leaf is found a lot in the woods because of the trees. It was Tiger Woods.
1: I did not get that, but thank you, Mike, for the for the, the hint afterwards as well. Okay, Mike, last one. On June twenty second, 2020, this terrible sport got slightly less racist. What happened?
0: Right. Well, thank you for the clue that it's a terrible sport. Um, I am going to have to go with the first – Black player was drafted into curling.
1: Uh, that that is an excellent answer and a very woke answer from Michael Wessner here. It actually was the date that NASCAR banned the Confederate flag. So progressive, uh, not forward thinking enough there, Mike. Though better look next time. Sorry, I apologize <laughs> to everyone. Okay, That's... August. I have to pee. Okay, not to birth. <laughs> I just finished number five. Thank you for the reminder, August.
0: Okay, folks, fresh off the online presses. We have our first advertising request in our Gmail. We're being sponsored by men's health prostate exams by Microsoft. Are you afraid to go to the proctologist because of COVID-19 and you're worried about hand-to-hand or hand to ass contact, well look no further because Microsoft has developed the perfect solution for you with VR men's health prostate exams in home over Microsoft by Microsoft.
1: Hi everyone, this is senior proctologist, Nuck Choris and me along with all of my prostate doctor friends highly recommend both this podcast and the products that we just advertised. Hi, everyone.
0: I'm Nocturus Jr. And I currently have someone's hand in my ass. And I love listening to slam drunk while I get my proctology exam done by Microsoft VR, uh, proctology at home by Microsoft. Microsoft, we'll put a finger in your butt. And we definitely aren't responsible for the pandemic.
2: Let it be noted that August will take out all Bill Gates jokes, but none of the 9-11
1: jokes. (laughs) This is the Mike and Drew beer review. Ah!
0: Hosted by Mike and Drew.
1: Hi, I'm your host, Drew, with your co-host here, Mike, and we just opened our last beer. Mike, how is Guinness now that we are six beers in?
0: Well, I'll be honest, Drew. At the beginning of this podcast, I said that it was kind of like drinking milk mixed with seltzer, but I'm proud to say that now it's kind of like drinking 2% milk mixed with seltzer.
1: Thank you for that clarification, Mike. It's very important. I, I have to say, this drunk is... This drunk? This drunk? Ooh, oh, well, there I go. This beer has definitely gotten me more drunk than Bud Light. Fuck you, Bud Light. If I if I had to give a beer an A and a beer an F, F goes to Bud Light, A goes to Guinness. Guinness, thank you for not being a fucking terrible beer. I thought you were going to be more milky, not more seltry. I thought you were going to be more milky um, than than you actually were, but you weren't. You were actually very smooth from the first sip all the way till now. It's easier to drink than I thought. I thought this would be a lot more like chocolate milk. I'm glad that it isn't. I'm glad that I'm not reading children's jokes off the side of my bottle, like a carton of milk in high school. This has been a lot better than I anticipated it, but I always knew it was going to be better than Bud Light.
0: Yeah, I absolutely had some preconceived notions about this beer, that it was way too thick. It was kind of like drinking a milkshake, and that you got maybe a little too drunk after one if you go to the bar and just have a pint of it with a buddy. I would absolutely have Guinness before I have a really personal and strong conversation with someone. Because even though it's 6% or whatever it is, it's higher than Bud Light. It makes me feel good. I feel a little more confident about myself and the awful things that I'm saying about other beers. The harp on the front of it really makes me feel musical. Like There's a song in my heart. It's telling me, Drink more Guinness. Because the leprechaun told you to.
1: Drink more Guinness. Yeah, Mike, I agree. Um, This is doing a lot better for me this week. Uh, I'm actually... Very happy with this. And here I am. I'm having a great time. This beer is a 6% beer, way better than 4.2 or whatever the fuck Bud Light was giving us last week. I'm feeling a lot better. I don't feel like I'm going to throw up with Bud Light. I I brought a trash can with me. This has been great. I would drink this at a bar. I'm going to drink it at home from now on. That's for sure. Mike, what are you giving this on a scale of 1 to 10?
0: I got to give it a, a 12 because it exceeded expectations. And just like a 1 to 10 rating system, Guinness is not what you would expect after maybe your first Guinness that you've ever had. You think, Oh, this is milky. Oh, it feels like it was mixed in with uh, cream and, and milk curds. And I'm at the farm in Ireland and there's cows everywhere and I'm drinking Guinness because it's straight from the cow's udder. No, it's actually a cool smooth beer with good taste and agreed with drew. I honestly could have drank two six packs during the podcast Uh, I probably wouldn't be speaking English anymore at that point. I'd I'd just be gibberishing.
1: I would give this beer an 8 out of the 10. Um, I don't have any real problems with it. It's not quite over the top for me, though. Relatively predictable in in its taste and feel. Mike, what team would this be for you uh, if Guinness were a pro sports team?
0: Drew, I I hate to go NBA uh, two times uh, back-to-back in podcasts each week, but I'll be honest. It's the San Antonio Spurs for me. Every time you want to count them out, they, it exceeds expectations. Uh, even though it's been there a while, it is classy. It is formal. You might have a bad taste in your mouth from the last time you had it because it, it whooped your ass. But every year it performs and every year it exceeds expectations. You never know exactly what you're going to get, but you know that it's going to do well. Just like the San Antonio Spurs and their 22 consecutive years of playoffs. Unfortunately, unlike the San Antonio Spurs, uh, this beer is still in the playoffs and that streak has been rolling since it first came rolling out of the VAT in Dublin, Ireland. Drew, if you had to assign this team a beer, what would you identify Guinness as?
1: If this beer were a team for me, this beer would pretty clear cut be the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are, are a pretty traditional football team. They've always been defense first, and then just run the ball run the ball run the ball physical football kind of stuff it's it's what you traditionally think of when you think of football and even though we're moving more towards a a passing league a more fancy pants kind of league that maybe um, ipas and more craft brews would bring guinness is that traditional football traditional beer kind of feel although i haven't had guinness in a long time i remembered that it was good same thing with the baltimore ravens they have not been relevant in a while they're back now guinness is back in my life now and it's feeling good it's tasting good everything about this has been a good experience right now the ravens are at their peak right now i'm at my peak with guinness
0: drew i would have to agree with you i am definitely peaking on this irish milk beer loving it loving you loving the pod i'm your host drew Hernandez,
1: and i'm your host michael Wesner.
0: August Dichter is the doctor who's prescribing me Twitter five times a day, as well as our producer. Sophie Levinson is our editor. Tyler Salami-Eglund did our episode work.
1: Our intro song samples Dreams by DJ Quads. Check out Chill Out Records on YouTube and at chilloutmedia.com. Email us at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. And please don't drink if you are under the age of 21. And remember, whoops, 15-year penalty. And remember, wear a mask
0: if you're going out, stay six feet apart, be safe. If you're gonna drink, do it safely. Don't share bottles, don't share germs, or spit on that bottle. Just like Drew and I, we are staying apart and drinking together still maybe a little bit too much, but you know,
1: wear a mask. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> everyone for fucking. Thank you, everyone, for joining in this week. Fuck. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. This remember, week drink remember, drink Guinness.
0: Drink Burn Guinness.
1: Bud Light factories Burn if you Bud can.
0: <laughs> As you can.
1: That was that was Great. rough, Mike. <laughs>